This is exactly right. murder the mini so the mini so the first one of 2021 everyone welcome wow <laughs> sound Ow. effect sound effect whoop, whoop. Uh. <laughs> what's my whoop old-fashioned car thank you um coconuts you want to go just, first? That's just my hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Do, yeah, do, let's do, start. Do, do, do. Um, this is where we do, read do, do. your stuff in 2021. You sent it to us. We read it to you. That's right. It's so exciting. Yeah. All right. I'm not I'm not going to read this subject line. It gives okay. it away. But one of the greatest intros ever. Okay. Hi, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Yes. Love it. <laughs> right? Inclusive. I'm currently rocking my newborn to sleep, listening to your podcast, and was reminded about a chilling story from my childhood that I had to share. So when I was a wee youngin, my mom thought it would be a great idea to have my twin brother and I take photos at the school she worked at. Apparently, this was a yearly thing where a photographer, let's call him Richard, would come take slightly incestuous photos of siblings who went to school together. <laughs> what? What? How? My brother and I were the lucky ones to pose holding hands, hugging a tree. Super great. <laughs> They're just saying that basically it's like stuff that siblings would normally never be doing. Okay. Cause that... Remember, it's like you'd, you'd have to take a picture. Oh, it's yeah. like you and your sister cheek to cheek where it's I like... Have, we have one where we're leaning our heads on my brother who's in between us and I'm making a face of like... Just, I don't want to be here, Faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get me, get me out yeah, of here I before would... one of these two people punches me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I was looking at the photo the other day and my mom said nonchalantly, I love those pictures. Too bad the guy who took them was a murderer. <laughs> Shocked, I asked her to explain. She said that every year, Richard and his wife, we'll call her Pam, would come to school and take pictures. Pam was always in good spirits and assisted Richard in lighting, poses, etc. Well, one night, Pam was found bludgeoned to death in the snow in front of her house. Richard had been physically and emotionally abusing her for years, killed her with a baseball bat, and he was later found in their garage having killed himself. Apparently, Pam had been working at a, well, it, we'll just say she had been per- working part time and told her coworkers that if anything had happened to her, Richard was to blame. Richard and Pam are survived by two daughters, one of which is adamant that her father didn't do it. Hmm. Thank you for keeping me awake during my son's 4 a.m. feedings, especially since his dad is deployed and oh. my dog doesn't help much with the baby. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't trust baby photographers. All the best, Bay. Wow, what a horrible story all Horrifying. around. All around. Horrifying. Just awful. And I I wonder if this story is especially sensitive to a new young mother. Oh, yeah. A baby photographer where it's just like I yeah. bet that's the kind of stuff that all comes back up as your well, I mean her mom said it, but right. but also just as now you're in that position of like where you're bringing your kids and what you what you decide to do and who you and expose them to and not having any idea. Yeah. Yeah. I bet being a new yeah. parent is just constant red flags everywhere you look. Oh, it must be. Yeah. It must be. It must be. All right. Um, this one, this is called Christmas Eve near murder miracle. Oh, okay. <clears throat> 
and it just starts, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. My, hey. Hus- my husband and I were flying home on Christmas Eve when we got a text from a neighbor that read, OMG, someone just got shot in your driveway. Oh With God. that, the flight attendant shut the main cabin door and we were forced to turn off the phone and sit in suspense <gasps> for the next two and a half hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> By the time we got home, there was nothing left but a medium sized blood stain in our driveway. However, we were able to piece together what happened thanks to our neighbors, the police and our security cams, which caught a lot of the action. Apparently, a group of four guys at a nearby apartment complex had tried to buy pot, which is not legal here, using counterfeit money. Oh, don't do that, guys. I I honestly didn't even know counterfeit money was still a thing. The it's dealers- always a thing. I know, right? It's like a piece of paper that you draw on. Counterfeit money, now more than ever. <laughs> the dealers took offense and shot the guys as they drove away. Four bullets went into the side of the car, one hitting the driver in the leg. One last shot went through the back window, missed all four guys, and lodged in the back of the driver's headrest. Oh, Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. But he didn't get yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. So the guys speed off in terror. They turn down our street. And at about when they hit our driveway, they realize the street is dead end. So they pull in and ditch the car running into our backyard. We're assuming the plan was to run through to another street. But unluckily for them, our yard backs up to a reservoir. Mm. This is when the adrenaline starts wearing off and the driver realizes that he's spurting blood from his leg. <sighs> they get back to the front yard and call 911. That's when my neighbor's son, a former police officer and current owner of a tattoo parlor, aka a very big guy, (laughs) comes over and shouts at them to, quote, get on the ground now. He ends up having to use his own belt to tourniquet the guy's leg and probably saved his life. By then, the cops are pulling up. The guy who was shot went to the hospital and the other three guys had to wait for one of their grandmas to pick them up since the cops (laughs) towed the car for evidence. Oh, my God. Uh huh. Probably not a very Merry Christmas for any of them. But hey, it could have been a lot worse. Stay sexy. Stay sexy and just legalize pot already. Sarah. (laughs) Don't ever use. Listen, don't do drugs. Drugs are, um, you know, drugs are drugs. Don't (laughs) don't use counterfeit money for anything. Especially illegal things. Not with a drug dealer. No. You fool. I I bet you they're not fucking around. No, you know where you use counterfeit money? Where? Just this is off the off the top of my head, sure. like a red box machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Or somewhere, I guess I don't know. They take cash, victimless. But, you know, a something like that. Yeah, a ski ball, like ski somewhere ball. where you're just you're hurting yourself. Oh, right. That would hurt the business too. But yeah, yeah, don't use counterfeit money. But but not with a drug dealer. Absolutely That's, not. They always have guns. That's they like, have to. Oh my god. They have to. Wow. Yeah. So that's that. Okay. Hi, friends. I can't believe that after all these faithful Murderino years, I never thought to send this to you. But after the documentary about the killer in question came up Mm. in a recent episode, my memory was jogged and I thought you might enjoy this story. A few years ago, one of the owners of my company was going through a full-on midlife crisis. Having recently separated from his high school sweetheart wife, he found himself heartbroken and rich with lots of wild oats to sow. Mm. So he did what most attractive, recently single, wealthy men in their late 40s do, and he bought a sports car and got a killer bachelor pad, 
and hosted Hefner level parties every night with 20 something year old strippers. Yeah. So after enduring weeks of late night drunken hot tub shenanigans, his downstairs neighbor was more than fed up. One morning, he awoke from his stupor to find a note taped to his front door that said, if I have to clean cigarette butts up off my balcony one more night, thanks to your parties, you and I are going to have serious problems. Signed, your downstairs neighbor. Unfazed, he went about his day, but happened to mention this note to and its contents to his doorman as he was leaving for work. The doorman's eyes immediately widened in a very concerned tone. Mm-hmm. And he said, sir, do you know who your downstairs neighbor is? To which <laughs> the owner replied, no, why? And the doorman paused, looked around, moved in closer and said, sir, your neighbor is Robert Durst. I knew it. I was going to call it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's right. Robert fucking Durst. Suffice it to say, a love note from a serial killer who was not only who not only murdered his neighbor, but dismembered him, too, was all that. <gasps> oh, shit. Needed. That's right. Oh, yes, my God. Yes, it was his neighbor. Yeah. Oh, my God. I totally didn't even think about that. That was all DB needed to put an immediate end to his party boy ways, for which his liver and brain cells were eternally grateful. (laughs) He even ended up reconciling with his wife. So I guess to some degree, Robert Durst saved not only his health, but also his marriage. Not not really sure what we all can take from this one, (laughs) except to say... Stay sexy and maybe do some research to see if you have a neighbor dismembering serial killer in your building before you accidentally wind up on his bad side. (sighs) Love y'all. XOXO. Name withheld to protect my career just in case. Absolutely. Yeah. That's just real. That thing to me, that's like in California, you'd have to disclose that. But like anywhere else in the country, you wouldn't like, hey, your neighbor has murdered a neighbor before. Right. I mean... Do do you have to disclose that though? You, you don't have to disclose shit. I feel you like you don't. Ha- I feel like if you're like out and about, you just get to go live. And people, it's like if you have. That's the thing about rich murderers is they can do whatever they want yeah. because they have the money to do whatever yeah. they want. Or people who got off. That's why I'm because I, they're rich. You can't, guys. Be real. Don't flip people off in the car. That's my thing. Is like you just don't know who you're driving next to. You know what I mean? Yes. You're going to have you that's a great opportunity if you're feeling road rage yeah. to practice d- just separating yourself from your emotional yes. um tidal wave uh-huh. and saying let it flow through you right. and don't react real time because especially these days where people are just getting angrier and angrier and, and angrier so stressed. Everyone's stressed and enraged and you just don't want it. This one is called Creeping Out the FBI. Greetings, MFM crew and furry companions. I'm a crime analyst for an urban police department. Several years ago, my partner and I, along with other analysts in our area, got to take some specialized training at the FBI Academy in Quantico. Behavioral analysis is part of our certification training, but we mostly see serial property crime uh, and not serial killers. So being in the FBI BAU is a big deal. After one of our sessions, they took us down to the basement where they had some artifacts to show us. The first thing we saw was a life-size animatronic Hannibal Lecter in a cell who greeted us as we got off the elevator. We went to a small room where they had letters, drawings, and papers on display. We were shown a letter that I recognized as being from Keith Jesperson. So I said, oh, that's the happy face killer. There were a few clown paintings that I recognized as being done by John Wayne Gacy. This happened with a few other items, and our instructor turned to look at me and said, is there something we should know about you? 
I was a bit embarrassed to be the only analyst who could identify a lot of the objects. I guess all analysts aren't naturally murderinos. Stay sexy and never let the FBI know how much you know about serial killers are. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't they, they all know that? They though? freaked out the FBI. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> A, I want you to be at every dinner party I have when this is all over. But also, I love that it sounds like it's like the wax museum in their basement. <laughs> it's like an animatronic Hannibal Lecter is corny as fuck. It is. And did my tax dollars go to pay for that is my second question. <laughs> what do you... Did you seize that <laughs> from someone's house? I better write a fucking gift from <laughs> some foundation. <laughs> well... If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Okay, this subject line is so good. It includes hand clap emojis. Yay. It's grandparents, a woman named Bonnie, names. This story (laughs) has it all. (laughs) Hand clap emojis. Yeah. Okay. I've submitted this story before, but after hearing your episode from stories from 2016, I figured I'd try it again. Here's it to worked. hoping. It worked. It worked. Yes, please, if if you haven't, try again. We've told you this before. Yeah. On to the story. My great-grandma was raised in southern Utah during the early 1900s. Yee. So that's long ago. Hot. It's very hot. Okay. I guess. It's hot, hot and salty. <laughs> Her name was Bonnie. Hey. Okay, you saw people sent have sent us so many Bonnies that are bunnies, uh-huh. but we also got a couple Bonnies that are babies. Oh, baby and Bonnie. the two that I saw were two of the cutest babies I've seen in a while. Oh my god, yeah, you got to pull that name off with dimples. Really? Oh, yeah, they 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 nailed it. They're Aww. just like there are some Bonnie baby Bonnies out there, <laughs> and here it is, and there they are. Okay. Her name was Bonnie, but everyone called her Good Witch. She owned her own cafe, baked the best pies, cinnamon rolls, and homemade candies. Mm. She led her local women's relief society, swore like a sailor, made and sold bootleg moonshine during Prohibition, and raised 10 kids. Yeah. The two youngest of which she won in a pinochle game. <laughs> what the I'm fuck? sorry. <laughs> what? Does it say anything more about that? No, no. That's the end of the paragraph. Holy shit. What the fuck? You're going to have to write back in about that. Yeah. That's horrifying. But although it's essentially like the Wild West is what we're talking about. Totally. Okay. (laughs) Growing up, she was one of 12 children who lived in a small two-room house in the middle of nowhere, what is now Zion National Park. In the spring of 1900, an outlaw gang called the Wild Bunch were on the run from the law and were making their way from Arizona to Wyoming by way of Utah. That April, my grandma's parents were making their monthly multi-day trip into town for supplies and left my 10-year-old grandmother in charge of her younger siblings. Mm. Knowing that the Wild Bunch was potentially in the area, her parents instructed her to lock the door and keep the lamps out so as not to draw attention to the house and under no circumstances to let anyone in. Oh, my God. That evening, my grandma was awoken by the sound of men's voices. She looked out the window and saw a group of men roaming around her home. She grabbed her four siblings, her youngest sister being just about a year old, and hid under the bed. 
One of the men knocked on the door, and when they didn't receive an answer, proceeded to break in. The group of men entered the house, and once they thought no one was there, made themselves at home, eating their food and making a fire. One even slipped his boots off and laid down on the bed in which the kids were hiding, under which the kids were hiding. As my grandma listened to the men chat, they called one of them by his name, and she realized the man laying on the bed above her was Butch Cassidy, the leader of the Wild Bunch. She was obviously scared for her life, and she knew if they were discovered, they could be taken hostage or killed. Luckily, she and her siblings kept quiet, and the baby stayed asleep. They hid in total silence for hours before the baby finally woke up and made a little whimper. Hearing this... The men suddenly stopped talking and drew their guns. Butch got off the bed, lifted the blanket, and looked under the bed. He and my grandma locked eyes. He winked and smiled at her. Oh, my God. He then announced to the others that there was no one there and instructed all the men to remove their guns and place them on the table in the middle of the room. I've since read about Butch Cassidy, who, contrary to popular belief, was famously nonviolent and prided himself for never having killed anyone. So this move makes total sense. Wow. My grandma said that she knew that she knew then that the men weren't going to hurt her and she actually felt safe. She and her siblings eventually fell asleep. Sometime during the early morning hours, the gang left. When she woke up in the morning, the men were gone. The door was fixed. The wood pile restocked and a pile of cash sat in the middle of the table. Right? Oh my God, I would have cried. <laughs> I always knew she was a badass and hearing this story only confirmed it. She passed away in the 1990s and left behind an amazing lifetime of stories that are captured in her daily journal entries, my prized possession. <sighs> Stay well and thanks for all you do, Nick. That is oh a my fucking God. legendary hometown is story. Historic. That's so good. I mean, oh my God. Butch Cassidy was next to grandma. Oh my God, Butch Cassidy left you guys money because you had little kids you needed to feed. Why did they leave a 10-year-old in charge of three children <laughs> by themselves in the middle of Listen, the National Next Park. time we complained about the 80s, let's remember. <laughs> they, were, they weren't shit compared to the 1900s. The early aughts were fucked. Fucking right. Oh, Holy my God. Holy shit, Nick. That was, that was uh, incredible. This story did have it all. Nick nailed it. Okay. Well, I have a father story to end Great. with. This Families. Is, my Scottish father taught me how to headbutt people. Heidi ho MFM gang (laughs) Perfect I just finished listening to your mini-sode With the key in cheek story Where the reader mentioned that her mother taught her Self-defense skills I thought you might like to hear about how my Scottish father Which somehow makes it so much fucking better Even uh, Taught me, female, and my two older brothers How to headbutt people as children Yes for The Glasgow Glasgow hello (laughs) That's right (laughs) And then it says for self-defense, question mark. Mm, Not really. Uh, I distinctly remember my dad describing to me the, quote, right way to headbutt people. I was maybe eight or nine years old at the time. (laughs) (laughs) It says, quote, people think that you headbutt the other person's head, but you'll hurt yourself with skull to skull contact. Mm -hmm. The thing for you to do is use your forehead and get them in the jaw to dislocate it or get them in the bridge of the nose and break that, he told me. (laughs) Which I actually think is great advice. And I'm glad we all know it now. I mean, yeah, it's something. It's something 
when you're in a pinch. Yeah. Don't ever forget the head, the yield headbutt. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I have yet to use this knowledge in the real world. Bummer. But my dad and my oldest brother have used it a number of times. <laughs> My mom always tells a story about going to the bar for drinks with my dad when they first started dating. She had turned her bar stool to have her back towards the wood and some random guy came up to her, grabbed her chest and gave it a squeeze. Mm -mm. My dad grabbed the guy by the collar and immediately headbutted the guy, (laughs) knocking him out cold. Yep, that's right. It's kind of a perfect move because it's like what you're basically doing is like controlling this controlling the situation. There's no Entirely. fucking fight where other people are going to get hurt. And also, when you grab someone by the collar, like both of your hands are occupied. Right. So they don't know anything's coming. They're almost relaxed in that yeah. way. I've seen headbutting became popular in my high school. What? The senior boys. Yes. yes. The senior boys would headbutt like the younger kids. Oh the, it was like a, it was very high level bullying. And I watched many of the boys in my class <gasps> burst into tears because it was so, but they actually did it forehead to forehead and it was loud and it's oh, very fucking disturbing. God. But I'll tell you what, I've also seen it at, uh, at a bar we both used to go to, um, that the owner did when somebody, <laughs> somebody was getting riled up in the front and demanding that they get to come in and he walked him outside and then just headbutted him <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> I'm guessing it wasn't the fucking Soho house or like <laughs> it was a divey dive bar. <laughs> So well, yeah, you know that how we love to hang out at the fucking you and Soho I. house. Soho house. Oh, oh it's so great God. there. How yeah. do you have multiple headbutting stories? And I don't have. I mean, I'm glad I don't have one. It's just pretty. It's my, it's my people. It's how my people do things. It's pretty impressive, I have to say. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, also, my mom tells the story of watching my oldest brother's soccer game at a soccer tournament in Pentacon, British Columbia. I'm sure I got that wrong. He was about 14 years old at the time. My brother got in a fight on the field and the other player spit on him, prompting <gasps> my brother to headbutt the kid. Hell yeah. My brother got a red card and was asked to leave the game. My father, sitting in the bleachers, berated the referee, arguing it was a bad call. The ref responded by ejecting my dad from the arena. (laughs) My granddad, who was also there, argued with the ref about throwing my dad out and became the third person told to leave the arena. Then Robert Wallace came (laughs) and screamed freedom when the the stripes on his face. Ghost of their great great grandfather showed up. It says like father, like son, like grandson, I guess. Anyways, well, I haven't had someone to mess with me enough to warn a headbutt. I guess it's nice to have the knowledge of how to headbutt under my belt. Stay sexy. And if you're going to headbutt someone, aim for the nose, Abigail. Yep. Hell yeah. It's bridge of the nose. I didn't know that. If I were to have ever headbutted anyone, which I honestly like have always like in my anxiety, I've always expected i'm going to have to do someday it's <laughs> just something you re- you've anticipated headbutt uh-huh. i've pictured it oh oh yeah during my insomnia insomnia fights it's been there um you know those <laughs> fight plans <Exactly. laughs> plan. but i didn't know that's that's great to know yeah the, these details are important to know actually how to do it I, I tell you though if i was in a bar and some fucking asshole came up and groped me yeah the man who headbutted that asshole yeah. Would be my betrothed. Totally. I mean, like, it's what no, better? No surprise she married him. I mean, that's the the dad should have been like, thank you so much, sir. Yeah. Because you basically like you that what's better he than takes that? care of shit. 
you you don't get to touch people and I'm no. going to teach you that lesson Absolutely. by slamming my forehead In into your nose. In the most efficient way possible. Yes. I also and love, it's going to be a total, it's going to be a KO I in love the middle of the bar. Knockout. I love that. Um, I do love too that like well, if a guy comes at, at you, he's expecting you to try to kick him in the balls, right? So like this sure. is another way to like surprise attack surprise you maybe lift your leg you do kind of a faint yeah. you lift your leg as if you're it's you're making the effort and then boom Hook. as you lift your leg and Lean you're forward. looking down yeah. then you just slam your head There's some ab work going on in there too it's like <laughs> you know some, some yoga because you got to balance on one you're like also, don't be afraid to drink like seven shots of whiskey before you headbutt something. Because <laughs> I feel like that's the crucial element that we are not discussing <laughs> oh, here. Is it's right. nice to be fucked up when you do it. Right. It's almost necessary. I would imagine. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I guess I've been watching too much Cobra Kai. <laughs> too much <laughs> Cobra Kai over yes. here. Uh, we're out. Well, we've done it. We're back. That's it's right. It's 2021. We're not going to say anything positive or negative about it because we don't want to jinx it. So... Welcome. Just, let, just let's welcome. just keep it up. Welcome. Yeah. Let's just let's just do this thing <laughs> as we do. That's right. Send us your stories at my favorite murder at Gmail. Whatever they are, send them. Yeah, and uh, practice your headbutts <laughs> while you're home mm-hmm. in quarantine, mm-hmm. and stay sexy and don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? Ah!